back for another edition of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Cheryl Glassford from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos coming right back at you here. It was an awesome week eight in the NFL. A lot of stuff going on, especially on the receiving end for a couple of great receiving performances, among other notable things that happened in week eight of the NFL. And here to break it down with me once again is our man in the know when it comes to fantasy football. He's one of the great guys from Voice from the Underground. You got to check out what's going on today with their awesome podcast, whether it's concerning pop culture, politics, cigars, or just great conversation. It's Voice from the Underground. And here's the man himself, Jason Dutch. What's going on, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, Yeah, it is better to receive than give this week in the NFL. It seemed like it because there were some really good receiving performances. That's kind of what stuck out to me. Some pretty good quarterbacking out there as well, but I wasn't too impressed by the running back situation. So I think we may delve into that just a little bit. But I also want to talk a little bit later on about the flex position. And for those teams that are fighting for a playoff spot or playoff positioning as a whole, I want to talk about how much importance the flex position is in order to go ahead and advance beyond and all that good stuff. But it was week eight in the NFL. I do want to ask you your thoughts on week eight. Let's start with the biggest performance, I guess, out of anything that happened this weekend. And that was in the Rams game against the Bungles. I guess you could say when they're they're 0-8. Yeah, they're back to being the Bungles again. I know. I'll tell you, it's such a shame. Andy Dalton kicked to the curb. He is out as starting quarterback. His probably his his I guess legacy, for lack of a better term, or his career in Cincinnati is probably uh, it's in question right now. That's for sure because it looks like the team has just had enough of his mediocre play at best, his inconsistency all over the place. But on the flip side. In that game, Cooper Cup, 220 yards receiving, just a sensational performance from him. We've talked before at length over the course of the season about the Los Angeles Rams receiving situation and how there was no definitive star among them because they were all sharing the load. Could this performance catapult Cooper Cup, who is performing at a level a little bit better than any of the receivers there, could this performance establish him as a definitive number one receiver, not only for the Rams, but for fantasy football team owners going forward for the rest of the season. I, I, absolutely. And I think it, this is not a new thing. I mean, Cooper Cup has had a tremendous season. He's one of the top. He's, I, I believe he's a top four fantasy wide receiver. I haven't looked at the stats, but he's definitely in the top he's definitely a top 10 and I would guess in in the top four, um, he doesn't really have any down weeks. Like Mike Evans had a huge week this week, uh, 42 points, I believe in most leagues. And he came off a goose egg last week, you know, so it, it Cooper cup is never going to get you a goose egg. Even now the Rams had a couple of down weeks. And even in those down weeks, Cooper cup was still getting seven, 10 points. So, you know, he's, he, he's been performing amazingly. It's, it, there's there's so many good wide receivers in the NFL right now. There's probably at least 15 receivers that I can you, you can really consider a wide receiver one or at least a one B. Cooper Cup is without a question in that conversation, along with 
you know, your, your obvious ones that, uh, you know, your Dandier Hopkins is of the world, but even though they haven't been lighting it on fire, that one of the, one of the craziest questions is what is Odell Beckham ever going to be a WR one again? Because obviously people invested a very high draft pick in him. And, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. That whole team is just with, with the exception of Nick Chubb, who I will admit, I probably should have ranked high. Well, that's still questionable. I still think he's four. You know, maybe above Kamara after the injury, but you know, I, I don't think if you drafted now you'd take Chubb over Saquon Barkley, and you certainly aren't taking him over Christian McCaffrey. The Kamara one, maybe, maybe he's moved up to three, but I was putting him, you know, easily at four or or possibly at five with um, our friend from Dallas being in that conversation as well. So, you know, it's it it's just you know that's the NFL season for you. That's fantasy. It's it's crazy though that you've got. Um, you know, these guys who are are just heads and shoulders above the rest of the league, especially when it comes to the Rams, because the Rams are a a mystery there. I mean, I have one fantasy team that's shockingly one and seven. And it's actually a, if you ask me, it's a pretty good team. It's a keeper league team. So I'll have these guys next year. I think I have Kyler Murray, Jason Goff as my two quarterbacks. It's a two QB league. And I have three Rams receivers. I have Robert Woods, I have Brandon Cooks, and I have uh, Gerald Everett on that team. And I have thought at the beginning, so the only one I don't have is the one who's doing super great. But, you know, Robert Woods is really, I mean, he hasn't done anything of late. And Brandon Cooks got hurt again. I mean, he's had he had one concussion and then another. You know, he has, seems to have a history of these concussions. And, you know, he's not even really startable at this point in time. And I, 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 there's no way that you could imagine saying that. I and mean, that guy's one of the best deep threats in the NFL and has been for the, the past three or four years in his time and at, with the Rams and also, you know, catching from uh, at the ball from Drew Brees with the saints for a couple of years too. So, you know, it's, it, it's perplexing to me what's going on with the Rams. They've won the last couple of weeks, but they've had really easy matchups. They're on by this week. So we'll have to see what happens with cooks, but, Again, circling back to Cooper Cup, you know, he's just been amazing. He and Adam Thielen, I think, are the two guys who, um, if you grab those two guys in, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth round, which is about where they were taken, you're very happy right now with those two picks. That you are indeed, but they're not the most prolific wide receiver tandem in the league. I'm going to give you one guess, one guess to go ahead and trying it, say, uh, which is, hold on, hold on, which is the most prolific wide receiver tandem right now going in the NFL, according to fantasy stats. You'll never get this one. Yeah, apparently not, because I'm at, I'm at a complete loss right now. I'm just trying to think of who has a dynamic offense. Because one of the receivers we haven't even talked about on this show yet, and he's just snuck up into being a premier Wide receiver one. You know, my first guess would have been Thielen and Diggs, but I, I don't think that's the answer to that question. So, no, you know, because not. there's so many there's so many out there that are good offenses where, you know, you would have expected to have this. The Rams would have been somebody you would have expected to have in that conversation. The Chiefs would have been a team you would have expected to have in that conversation. But there's no one really doing anything besides Tyreek Hill, unless you're counting Kelsey as a receiver. So I have no idea who I should know this, I would imagine, but I don't. The answer, my friend, Denver? is nope, nope, not in Denver, especially after they traded Demarius Thomas. Nope, the answer's in Tampa Bay. You know, I was thinking of that 
when you said it because Mike Evans has definitely been up there. But he's not even the top receiver on his team. But yeah, but I I, I totally forgot. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is number three in the NFL. And you were right about Cooper Cup because he's number two right now in fantasy points for wide receivers. Chris Godwin is number three for Tampa Bay, someone who's gone totally under the radar with a lot of individual teams, a lot of individual fantasy football places, pundits, uh, stories out there, totally under the radar, but is having an excellent season. He is number three in the NFL in fantasy points for from the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. And look at that. Not too far behind at number six is Mike Evans, especially after he had a 200-yard receiving performance this past weekend as well. So, Well, he also had a goose egg, and he also, I think, missed a game, if I recall correctly. Um, So that's that's still pretty impressive from Mike Evans. Well, he's had a bye, and you're right. He did have a goose egg uh, against New Orleans. So even with that, that is impressive because he's had still such a fine season. Again, 200 yards receiving, just uh, two touchdowns this past weekend. Really a nice, nice game for him. So he and Chris Godwin, it looks like they're taking turns on the big games when whoever is playing quarterback at this point in time, still Winston playing right. quarterback there. But he's been feast or famine, which is just insane to me because the fact that he has been so wild as far as either have throwing for many interceptions or throwing for many touchdowns each and every week. But yet his receivers are doing so well overall, so prolific. And that again, two top 10 receivers right there for you. That, that tells you something right there about their type of offense. And the fact that if you have either of these receivers or if you can still trade for them, Look to them, especially Chris Godwin, because he's totally under the radar right now, and he's number three in fantasy football points from the wide receiver position. So that's something to look at right there. I mean, well, number number that, two, what do you think? No, it, it, it's pretty amazing to me because Godwin is a guy who I don't really consider to be a WR one yet. He he might be by he's the end right of, now. by the end of the season, but right now he's he's in third place. He's somewhat he's got you know a ten point lead or so on. Julio Jones just keeps on going every year. I think that guy's done and every year he just continues to produce. And that's the thing. Like if you're in a dynasty league, that's why ride receivers and quarterback are the way to go. Don't draft running backs. You know, I mean, don't, of course you're going to draft them, but you know, these running backs are only going to last you two, three years. So if you can get a guy like Julio Jones, imagine you drafted that guy, what he's ninth year in the league, 10th year in the league now. And I mean, he's still going strong for you. And as the number four, four wide receiver in football. I was close though. Minnesota does have uh, the second biggest tandem in there. Another team that actually has a couple guys that are in the top 17 is surprisingly Detroit. I mean, Galladay is not a surprise, but Marvin Jones Jr. He's weird because like he'll have 6.6 points, 35, 6.6 points, 35, 6.6 points, 35, you know, and kind of go like that because he has these monster games. But they've done pretty well. Matt Stafford's look really good. And by the way, I told you so about Andy Dalton back on our first time talking this year. I told you, I don't want Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is not a good fantasy quarterback. You know, he's not a guy that I would take other than maybe a streamer, you know, on a bye week or something of that nature. I, I don't want him anywhere near my starting lineup. I never have, and I never will. I, I maybe a few years ago when he had TJ Hushmanzada. Actually, was that even him quarterbacking then when he had? Uh, AJ and TJ Hushmanjada, or was that still 
I think it was him because he's this. I think is his ninth year with the with the team. So yeah, what was it before him? Kitna. Yeah, it was Kitna. Yeah. It was Kitna. So, but yeah, I think it was him at one point in time throwing to individuals like Kushmanzada and Chad Johnson. I think he caught the tail end of that. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's, it looks like something right now where it's the end of the line for Andy Dalton. Looks like it's the end end of the road for him. But we see. Great tandems right now in Minnesota, Detroit, and especially Tampa Bay. So that's something to think about. If you have still the ability to trade, offer that trade right now because teams are right now lining up for their playoff run. Teams that are still trying to scratch and claw their way into it are, are just trying to go ahead and make any desperate move they can. So now's a great time to go ahead and make those maneuvers if you're still able to go ahead and do so. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. But I want to ask you this, my friend. There were some other great things going on in week eight in the NFL, so I want to hear your thoughts on some of the quarterbacks that are out there that truly impressed you. I mean, we talked about Aaron Rodgers after that six yeah. TD performance. It's lo looking like it just something clicked with him, with him, the offense, the coach after weeks and weeks and weeks of kind of malaise type deal. Mediocrity wasn't too bad. Wasn't too good. Did a lot of talk about the offense, you know, just a lot of rumors going on. There was some dissension, maybe issues with the coach and, and Rodgers looks like it's all settled down, and Aaron Rodgers is now, again, one of the premier quarterbacks in fantasy football. Yeah, I was just checking here. He moved up to fourth in fantasy points over the past two weeks. He was down somewhere in the 13 range, which is still, you know, he's still going to start Aaron Rodgers, but he's just been on fire the last couple of weeks. He's passed up Matt Ryan. He passed up because Matt Ryan was out, um, passed up Dak Prescott, Mahomes and Brady, and of course, Mahomes also out, so there's you, you kind of have to take those, you know, those two with a grain of salt because, you know, Dak Prescott had his bye, Matt Ryan was out, and Mahomes, and Mahomes was out. But uh, it's still the Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson show. I mean, if there's any two players who are somewhere close to Christian McCaffrey for MVP, those are really, I think, the only other two guys that could be in that conversation. And it's really nice, honestly, to be able to say that because. Uh, so here's a here's a funny quandary for you. It's possible you could say that two of the top three wide receivers in football right now are white guys, Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen. Probable that Christian McCaffrey, a white guy, is the number one running back. And easily the top three best quarterbacks are quarterbacks of color. Shocking. Because, I mean, you're looking at Russell Williams, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. Russell if Wilson. You, yeah. Isn't that what I said? I said, said Russell Williams. Wilson. Oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, it's this would never have happened six years ago. You know what I mean? So it's it it speaks to just 
how awesome this country is, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's amazing that the way that, you know, it's that Tiger Woods phenomenon. And, um, you know, people... It, it speaks to the evolution of the game, yeah. how it's being coached at, uh, I guess, lower levels now. Whereas the traditional ways of doing it before seem to be going by the wayside, which is a good thing for the advancement of the game. Right. And also as a greater representation for us, like you said, as a society, as a whole, whether it's this country or any others that follow the football game. So, yeah, it to me, it speaks of, again, at those lower levels, when you're seeing those kids starting, you know, in, in the little leagues and then you go into high school and then you go into college not going ahead and pigeonhole them into one certain area, one certain position or another right. thing. You know what? I'm going to put you in the best position possible where you can excel as a player. Right. It's absolutely true. And it's like, that was the way the NFL was for since the seventies, you know, all the way up until probably about, again, about five years ago. And it's just an awesome evolution of the game. It's something fun to watch and, and interesting to talk about too. So you know, the, it, it, and I think you're exactly right. It starts at the low levels. It starts, you know, when in high school and, and stuff like that saying, well, you know, you're, you're, you're really good at running, but we're going to, you know, you're a white guy. So we're going to put you at tight end or something of that nature. Like now coaches are, I guess they're woke, you know, for, for lack of a better term. So I found that to be an interesting, an interesting side sidebar story. Um, also, as far as we were talking about quarterbacks, though, you do have a situation now in Denver where Joe Flacco is probably going to throw uh, the same amount of touchdowns the next few weeks as he has the last few weeks because he's has thrown zero and he's going to continue to throw zero now that he's I think it's likely he's going to go on IR. So you've got this this young guy, Brandon Allen, uh, another guy named Allen, who's going to be stepping in for him. Um, so there's a guy that, you know, you might want to target if you need a quarterback. Uh, the, the one thing that I would definitely say, there's a lot of guys out there that I, I was I was kind of looking at like who could be picked up because like you were saying, now is the time to start looking at the playoffs. The advice that I have is if you know you're going to be a playoff team, even if you think you're going to be a playoff team, start looking right now at the matchups for your kickers and your defenses, especially for your defenses in weeks 14, 15, and 16. You know, find yourself a defense that preferably has already had their bye. Um, I don't, I, leagues work in different ways where, you know, you may have to pay for a transaction or you might have to, you know, pick someone up off waivers or free agency or whatever. But, you know, I am I have a team right now that's that's seven and one. So I'm, I know I'm going to playoffs in that league and I have Kansas City's defense. And I've had them all year and they've been okay, but they haven't been great. So I can't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow – I'm going to be looking for, you know, another defense and I'm looking for a defense that's going to have, you know, a couple of cake matchups in the in the last couple games of the year. So, you know, because those are the ones that are going to actually count. I could I don't care about the games until then. So, keep looking at the defenses out there and look for somebody who's playing, you know, to like ESPN will usually rank the teams they're playing against in red or black and Yahoo doesn't I think in green or or red. So, you know, look for those teams that have a couple of green matchups or, or, you know, or black matchups, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Because if you look, and I will say I hate defense special teams. I'm an IDP guy. I'm not in the IDP league right now. I wish I was. I can't stand defense. I can't stand it. I hate it as a fantasy position. But 
like we said last week, there's a lot of teams out there that are doing far better than they really should be because they have the Patriots defense. And again, they put up another 21 points this week. So it's just astonishing to me that, you know, the, the, the points that are coming out of these defenses. So look for teams that are playing, you know, bad teams that are probably going to be throwing the ball late because that's going to lead to sacks. It's going to lead to fumbles. It's going to lead to interceptions in the waning moments of that game for your defense. So it's that, that that's definitely something I would be taking a look at right now. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Once again, I'm talking to my good friend, Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. You got to check out his awesome show, Voice from the Underground, where they talk pop culture, also talk a lot of politics, cigars, and a lot of other things, including some great conversation each and every time from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. And I just wanted to go ahead, before we head on out, mention to everyone and give them an update on our show, Inside Sports Fantasy Football is, if you need to, available now on Apple Podcasts. It's also available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and also Bullhorn, if you have that app, which I truly, that's what I use. I haven't even heard of that one. Bullhorn is a great app. I'm going to tell you right now, ever since I got a chance to speak to one of the guys in charge, Sam Petrelia of Bullhorn, I gave it a try and I'm hooked on it. As far as an app that goes ahead and plays all your podcasts, because I have over 15 podcasts right now that are saved to it. As soon as one comes out, it pops up right there for you. It's easy to play. It goes ahead. Descriptions are there. It lines up everything beautifully. It gives you constant notifications on when mm. stuff's out, but it also doesn't protrude on your smartphone with just a whole bunch of like big, huge notifications all over the place. So, you know what? To me, I like that one the best out of any app I've ever used for podcasts. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not even a paid spokesman, too. So, yeah, you should Bullhorn. be. Bullhorn is a great app for podcasts. Give us our, give us our money, Bullhorn. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll get Sam back on the show at some point in time as far as on the pop culture cosmos. Hopefully I can go ahead and we'll talk more pop culture there. But yeah, Bullhorn is a great app and I'd highly recommend it or any one of the other great apps for the inside sports fantasy football. Real quick before we go here, I, I did identify there's a lot of teams out there. I think who are going to be looking fantasy teams who are going to be looking for running backs or, or receivers that they can stream. All these guys that I picked are somewhere around 50% or less owned. And there's a few running backs out there that might be worth taking a peek at. Um, Kenyon Drake for this week, maybe only, even though it's a bad matchup, but he's going to be getting, probably going to be getting the start for his new team, the Arizona Cardinals. Why on earth they traded for him is beyond me, I guess, for one week, but they did. It's pretty likely that Edmonds and, and Johnson are going to both be out. So he will at least get carries uh, and he's okay catching the ball in the backfield. So he might be worth a stream. And then, James Conner just can't stay healthy. Uh, Jalen Samuels is coming back, so he's definitely worth a stream. And then Chris Thompson is still available in about 48% of leagues. So uh, he is definitely somebody who can take a look at, too. He's a pretty good pass-catching running back. There's a plethora of receivers who are in the same ballpark. 
Uh, and I, I just want to kind of jot down a few of these names. I want to know if any of them jump out at you. Chris Conley, number one. And these aren't necessarily ranked in order. A.J. Brown from Tennessee. Preston Wilson from Miami. Deshaun Hamilton. Danny Amendola of Detroit. Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. And Kenny Stills. And then the guy who might be the guy who has done the best the last few weeks of all these guys, believe it or not, Devontae Parker. So th- there's there are guys out there. I can't guarantee that they'll be available in your leagues. But all these guys are out there who could m- maybe get into that flex position that you were talking about earlier in the beginning of the show because with the flex position, you know, it's unlikely that you're going to have someone like Tyreek Hill as your flex. You know, I am always big on starting a receiver at my, at my flex, especially if you're in a PPR league or a running back, like maybe like a, of the Tariq Cohen mold, you know, especially if they're going against someone who it looks like they're going to lose, which by the way, they always do these days because Mitch Trubisky, why did the Bears pass up Mahomes and Watson for Mitch Trubisky? They traded up to get this guy. He's a joke. Mitchell. Mitchell. Yes, Mitchell Trubisky, although they did lose again on a doinked field goal. Oh, my God. I mean, how many doinked field goals can you have in a two-year period? It is absolutely astonishing to me. But they have. I think they've lost six games on doinked field goals in the last two years. So so, so getting weird. back to this, and as far as a flex position, because I wanted to go ahead and remind our listeners that I, you know, what I talked about at the beginning was flex position – in your drive to a playoff spot, I think a flex position is a key to actually being that team that can get you in to the playoffs, being a team that can compete for a playoff spot and also get a higher seating. What goes into the process for you as far as making sure that flex position is going to be a position that's going to be just about as good as one of the starting positions in either running back or wide receiver. Tell me about the process that you go into each and every week when you decide what is going to be a flex position for you. This all starts with the draft. So it's, it, it's too late for this now, but next year, keep in mind, if you're one of those people who decides they're going to take their defense. And again, I know we've had a crazy year with defense this year. We talked about that, but if you're one of these guys who's going to reach and take your defense in the seventh or eighth round, that's kind of silly because, again, I like to stream defenses. Yeah, if you have the Patriots this year, that's an anomaly. But it is just that. It's an anomaly. You have, you know, the Bears defense of probably like five years ago. You know, the Baltimore Ravens defense and Seattle defenses had good years for a couple of years there. And then the Patriots this year. But outside of that, you know, next year what you want to do is, you know, go for a guy, you know, look at your look at your wide receivers and say, okay, I have three wide receiver spots. Instead of going and drafting a quarterback – after I have my two running backs and my three wide receivers, maybe I should take a fourth wide receiver and fill that flex position or grab a second tight end. Maybe you already have, say, like uh, Zach Ertz or something like that. You can look at taking another top tight end like a Rudolph or something of that nature and, and use them. So it's for me, it's all about if, if it's a PPR league, you're almost certainly going to go with a receiver. Unless you have three stud running backs, there's really no way that I would go with a running back. Like if you somehow had say like, like Barkley Chubb and I don't know, another stud run stud running back Ezekiel Elliott, you would never have those three guys unless you made some good trades, but you know, then maybe you would do it. 
but outside of that, I really don't see. I, I would rather start a guy like Cortland Sutton over a guy like Carlos Hyde. I just pulled those two names out of my head, you know, because Carlos Hyde is a decent running back, but his ceiling, I think, is still lower. His floor might be a little bit higher, but his ceiling might be a little bit lower than a guy like Cortland Sutton is, or like a, even like a Kenny Stills, because you know, they're if you're going to catch seven balls, that's as, that's the equivalent of seventy rushing yards. You know what I mean? And then you haven't even gotten to the yardage yet. So it's, and then there's so many running backs out there who are losing touchdowns on, on vulture touchdowns. Like for example, you got this kid at Watson in Miami or Wilson in Miami. I forget which of his actual name is, but the, uh, you know, he, he's looking really, really good, but he keeps losing his touchdowns to Ballage, you know? So it's like, and that's just one of those examples there. So you know, when it comes to flex, you just play the best matchup or the best player, you know, on your bench, obviously. But, you know, for for, for going forward, you really want to have if you have two wide receivers, you want to have three stud wide, you know, two. If you have two starting wide receiver spots, you want to get yourself three stud wide receivers. If you have three wide receiver spots, obviously you want to try to get a fourth. Now, I don't consider Cortland Sutton to be a stud, but, you know, he's he's studly enough to be your flex player and give you some, some good points there. So, you know, it's, it's all about the PPR for me. Some excellent insight from my good friend, Jason Dutch from the voice from the underground. I couldn't agree with you more on that. You just got to make sure you don't use it as a throwaway position. If you have some depth on your, that's a big key. Find your depth early in the season. Know where you're going to go to in case of buys. Know where you're going to go to in case you have injuries, but also know where you're going to go as far as matchups are concerned. And don't be afraid to go ahead and put that player that you think is going to go ahead and be at that level of your starters at that flex position. To me, it's I consider it like another starter because you have to utilize it each and every week, and you should be very serious about who you put in that flex position. Yeah, and you can even look at, uh, you know, I've always talked about keeping your handcuffs, right? Go and get your starting running backs handcuffs. There's a couple of receiving cores out there where you have handcuffed receivers too. Like you might have a guy like Keenan Allen or Tariq Hill who gets hurt a lot. You know, you can find a, a guy on the Chargers or a guy on the Chiefs like Hardman, McCole Hardman, for example, you know, who might be available in your league. And if something does happen to happen to Tyreek Hill, you can plug in Hardman right away, you know, like which is what you probably did when he got hurt earlier. So you don't really miss a beat for the most part. So even though you have Matt Moore throwing to him right now, but we're hoping Mahomes will be back sooner than later. That's right, my friend. I'm hoping he comes back. He could come back as early as this week. Probably still not, up in though. the air. Yeah. Probably they said, not. They said week 10 looks pretty like a pretty good bet. Yeah, because it was supposed to be a three-week injury, I think. I think that's what they were talking about. But I know he was practicing already. Yeah, so. and they're going to go to the playoffs anyway, so th- it's not like they're a fringe team. I, I'm pretty sure the, the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. So, you know, why kill your whole season, you know, by bringing them back too early? My friend, it's been a great episode. As always, I appreciate your insight and knowledge into what's going on, especially when talking about what happened in Week 8 and, of course, what what, you, what people should do as far as how they plan their flex position. Any last thoughts on the way out? You know, I do have a last thought. Actually, I just want to, I just, I just want to tell everyone how unlucky I am. I have that one in seven team I talked about, right? I was up by forty points going into Monday night's game. Forty points. 
the pack, some Packers running back, 42 points. So I lost. So you never know. It ain't over until it's over. That's true, my friend. Uh, what also as well, what's going on with your latest edition of what was happening at Voice from the Underground? Well, this week we had Matt Delhauer on. Matt Delhauer is fantastic. He's a, a voiceover actor. He's also just a total geek, and he's a super smart guy. We had him on to talk about the psychology of how the movie Halloween, 1978 movie Halloween, and kind of talked about how that movie plays into today's society, especially when it comes to things like mental illness. And then for the other half of the show, we talked about Watchmen, which, if you haven't seen it, is astonishing. It, it sheds light on the 1921 Tulsa race riots, which I've, a lot of people don't even know that that happened. A lot of people are whining and complaining about it, saying that it's it's, you know, it's a woke show or it's, you know, it's just spewing out propaganda. And let me just say something to you, if you believe that's true. There's been 62,000 television shows since the 1980s. That's a lot of TV shows. 62,000 shows. One of them decided to base its show on the aftermath of the Tulsa race riots. One. And it's about damn time, if you ask me. So, you know, it's it's just a, the Watchmen show. I mean, it's really not super Watchmen-y, like if you're a Watchmen fan. But it's a great, it, it, it's so far so good. I really, I've really enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting it to go where it was. Um, I, I'd be interested real quick to hear, you know, if, if you enjoyed the show, if you've watched it yet. I've watched two episodes so far. I've enjoyed both. I thought episode one was stronger than episode two, but episode yeah. two was still a, a decent outing. You're right. It does have its uh, social awareness, trying to bring about something that people, like you said, do, you know, have very little knowledge of. As the Tulsa race riots, you know, they happen. There's something very terrible than, and something that our country has tried in many ways to sweep under the rug. But uh, hopefully this will bring it to light as, as far as the sheer, you know, just the, just what happened and just how terrible it was. And hopefully we can go ahead and try and advance as a culture in a positive way from it and take steps that we can, we can in the future to go ahead and be more positive to one another because of it. And with the Watchmen, you're right. It's not been very Watchmen-y as of yet, which I think uh, also has gotten a lot of people, you know, gotten some people out there. Yeah, yeah, got some people uh, just disinterested in it because it's trying to go ahead and maybe send a message that, you know, some people don't really want to see. But you know what? It does send a message, but it also has some underlying clues. It's starting to sprinkle the clues in there as far as for what's going on for the rest of the season. So that to me is the interesting part of it is because they're doing it little by little by little as far as the overall Watchmen part of it. And I think people need to watch it specifically for that as also as uh, watch it for that also as well. Watch it for the obvious things that they need to better understand and better educate themselves on as far as what happened in a previous lifetime in regards to the Tulsa riots and also what we can do going forward with all the messages that it's trying to send. Because they are good messages, we just got to go ahead and listen to them. I completely agree with that. We got to get you back on Voice from the Underground soon. So uh, I would love it, man. Would love it. Yeah. You know, it's always a great time when to go on there and destroy your show as best I can. <laughs> and so, we do a great job of that on our own, though. So yeah, if you guys want exactly. so <laughs> you guys want to check out Voice from the Underground, you can do so. The website is www.vfupodcast.com. 
dot podbean that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n dot com and all of the the shows are are listed there for you all right and for us it is the pop culture cosmos on the pop on the pop culture cosmos channel coming out on friday it's going to be the pcc multiverse we're also uh we're obviously going to talk about the terminator arnold schwarzenegger he's back again terminator dark fate I know there's a lot of people like Josh, myself, uh, just not exactly enthralled that it's out. I just, you know, it needs a more of a buy-in, but it is getting solid reviews. So we will talk about Terminator Dark Fate as it comes mm-hmm. out this weekend, among other things, including I'm going to give everybody a review of Helm Audio, the Series 5 earbuds, wireless earbuds. I'm going to give you advance notice that these are really good. So... I'm going to give you the total lowdown on them this Friday on the PC Multiverse and look for it as well in my written form at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Like, man, really good. You're really throwing out the ads there today, Gerald. I know, I'm telling you. Give us that money. (laughs) Exactly. The check is in the mail. Yep. Well, all right, my friend. It's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on week nine when week nine concludes next week. The right back here. It goes so fast, man. It does. It. Just like that. Just like that. It goes by. But when you're back in the saddle once again to talk some more great fantasy football information right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.